0: Hi, fellow creators. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, color body. I am very pleased to have Lauren Sim and our audio engineer, Sofia de la Bariezas. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. Recently, I had the great pleasure of interviewing Balaxis Buil, a South Florida-based performance artist I had the pleasure of asking her some really interesting questions regarding COVID, her art, and her magazine. Lauren here is gonna explain.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna like explain the format of what we're gonna be doing. So basically, we want to take a look at the questions we asked her and then kind of read off her responses or a little summary of what she said um and then give our reactions to it so yeah i'm thinking we'll just go through one by one
0: what did you think of balaxis i thought she was great everything i expected from her unafraid magazine i thought she was amazing
1: oh yeah i thought she was super cool um kind of like what you expect when you think of like an artist you know like
0: In, in her mind her the way she expresses herself and her artistic endeavors are amazing i really connected or put with her when I spoke with her. She was awesome.
1: Yeah, it was like a really interesting experience to, to listen to that po- the interview uh, after the fact. I was like super into it. Let's go into the questions we asked her and we'll give our kind of responses to that. So the yeah. first one we asked her was to give a short history of her experience making art in South Florida, And obviously she had a lot to say because she's been working mm-hmm. for a while here. Um, she kind of felt like she's an outsider to the community here. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Paula, did you want to expand on that? I know you had some thoughts.
0: Yeah, she really talked about um, her outsider art and how um, when she first went to school, she was accepted for painting. And then um, one of her classmates was like, I've followed your work for a while. and." you're a performance art art artist that's what you do and she was explaining how she led to the revelation of being a performance artist and like her childhood and how she always felt like she was looking from the outside in to other people she like the term outsider art she felt like an outsider she was always pushing boundaries the way that i would describe outsider art was it's like not the conventional painting, um, sculpting, and all that. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I think that like her experiences, um, like not being part of the the insular art community are definitely um, what shapes her art. And I think what was really interesting, uh, something she said, her experiences like growing up, um, like uh, she said, I was already performing. Basically, she was like putting on an act that like, society or people wanted her to do and i really related to that like having to like play up certain parts of yourself or like control who you are um i think that was probably something that was super formative for her and probably impacts like the type of performance art that she's doing
0: yeah like i feel like as a creator you are especially as like an artist you are meant to be pushing these boundaries and i think that her the I took her as like she is that person that continues to push these boundaries.
1: Yeah I definitely agree. Um, There was something that really stood out to me uh, in her interview where she was talking about um, like the the certain type of like white Hispanic racism that you kind of get within the family and like Hispanic like colorism as well um, that I super identified with even if I was not subjected to like the same thing that she was. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I'm half Chinese and half Colombian, so um, that you kind of can get it from the, the Colombian side of the family of like, oh, this is the Chinese one, like, she's yeah. got like these features.
0: Yeah. They use yeah. Because, like your sole identifier.
1: Yeah. The kind of like feeling of being exoticized, I like that definitely comes through when I'm, you know, writing or creating art. And so I think that's like something that, like an experience that we kind of shared that I definitely related to. And I think that it ties into like her um, statement that like she kind of identifies with like the younger generation as well yeah. as like having like an old soul, which like, I thought that was like really yeah, cool.
0: I, I really, I really noticed that from her, like she is so lively and passionate about her art. And she really does like, but she's also really wise. The next question we asked her was, uh, what were some of the ways that running a magazine were different from the other artistic endeavors she was doing? What did you think from her response?
1: I thought that was super interesting because I I knew that probably she was going to come at it from a different perspective because of her background. And I was, I thought it was so interesting that she brought up being a choreographer because I never would have expected choreography yeah. to play into that. But mm-hmm. she was like talking about, um, like the, the way she like talks to her, the artists that are submitting to Unafraid, the way she kind of wants her dancers to dance her choreography, how she wants them to like be her, themselves. I thought that was like super interesting and like very cool for Maxine to be doing.
0: Yeah. I love how, uh for her magazine she really lets um the people that send their submissions keep their creative authenticity and she just wants to cultivate that and make them be the best version of- and she's not putting like her art on other people's work if that makes sense she is more of like i love what you have i want everyone to see it let me give you the platform and i think that's really awesome of her
1: Yeah, it was very interesting. I'll read a small quote from what she said. And I see that even as a choreographer, even though I'm a director or founder of this magazine, I have performers, these incredible writers and artists that they're inputting and pitching in their talent. And that's exactly what I want them to do because they have this amazing talent and I want them to be seen and heard. I thought that was amazing.
0: The way she phrased her answers, I really appreciated because she really is very passionate about what she does and she's doing it very well too. Yeah, for sure. It was like super refreshing to see.
1: And then we kind of jumped into the way the pandemic and the COVID 19 crisis has been affecting her and her work. Um, so the next question that we asked her was um, has the process or nature of submissions changed and do you feel that submissions to the magazine will change in the future due to the pandemic?
0: She said that um, she was getting more submissions during, during this time and there was a future for the magazine because she can get as many submissions from all over the place and since we're now more isolated and we rely more on our technology and social media, she is getting more interaction with the magazine.
1: Yeah. Um let's see. Uh she said so she talked about how she had a lot of poetry submissions, which I was very happy about because I love the poetry section of the I magazine. I love
0: her poetry. Yeah. her poetry section. Yeah. Um her uh what, what what was the one poem that you liked?
1: I really liked Glassdoor. Yeah. I
0: really liked really cool. the um, Being in a Box and seeing the outside but also being trapped in I just thought she was speaking to me in that poem I know uh, she loved hearing that we really liked her poems which is awesome because you have to let your your favorite artists know that you're passionate about what they do that you really like their stuff because, you yeah know, you got to
1: get the feedback she yeah poems. yeah um, let's see. yeah she talked about um wanting the magazine to be very inclusive which i really like appreciated to hear as like a queer artist i was like very um excited to to hear that she was accepting
0: submissions from you know all over the place from every kind of person uh, i really appreciated that too i loved how when she got requests from like hey i'm a woman but like i don't really like identify but i still want to be included she was like oh she said And I quote, she wanted to open the floodgates so she could give them a platform.
1: Yeah, and that's like so important, so important these days, to give like marginalized voices a platform to speak,
0: yeah. Yeah, and she was also speaking on extending the platform and she was getting women, um, especially in North Africa to, submit their poems and I I think it's amazing that she like other women are going to be connected to the art scene in South Florida and it's gonna be get more exposure
1: yeah we're gonna expand become global yeah Yeah. more
0: more creators more we love more creators yeah
1: sure um
0: let's see there is there is a secret project a secret project that Bilaxes Miss Buil, the performance artist of South Florida that we adore, she is having a secret project that we might, you know, dabble a little bit in. We might explain to the people a little bit. <laughs> she is breaking the boundaries yet again. And since it's a secret, I will I will not reveal too much. Sorry, Lauren. I mean Lauren no, but To all our creators out there. There are groundbreaking it's like
1: techniques research. and yeah. ideas being made. Groundbreaking
0: here. Yeah. techniques and ideas are being made by our dear Balaxis and it's COVID-related. And
1: yeah, I thought it was so cool. I was I thought it was so cool. Yeah, I don't want to like put all her stuff on blast.
0: Yeah. But we don't want to don't want to tell the world too much <laughs> of the secret. Yeah, there.
1: definitely I, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Keep an eye out for Balaxis, You know, add her on all the socials. We will say her social media accounts.
1: Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just link yeah, we'll everything. We'll
0: put it in the description.
1: She also talks a lot about, um on her magazine, her ambassadorship for the Saharawi. And I thought that, you know, we asked her about that, obviously, because it seemed to be a huge part of her life. And she, she did talk about mm-hmm. the um, cultural exchange and... Like, even though she was teaching them, she was doing workshops and stuff like that, she also felt like they were definitely teaching her. And I think something that was, like, really impactful was she talked about how she felt so validated in, like, her mission and what she was supposed to be doing. Like, she definitely felt like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think that's, like, such a powerful moment to
0: have. It's so powerful. The realization when you're, like, in it and you're doing something and it to like this is where I'm supposed to be right now it's I was I was so glad to hear like everything she had to say about Saharawi I didn't know that she took her daughter with her like that was also must have been like an amazing mother-daughter oh, like, sure, experience yeah. to go out there and be with these women and learn all these new things and like see the new culture I hope that was amazing I definitely need to travel I need to, I need to be open yeah to this.
1: for sure and I thought
0: sorry, sorry COVID.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: we're staying indoors i will travel via google maps
1: yep there you go close enough close enough <laughs> and she did we say she's going to be uh working with them like over zoom and stuff like that in the future yeah and,
0: that's yeah. awesome and she's to work.
1: yeah and she wants to like do yeah. an online exhibition and stuff like that like i thought that was good
0: i'm so looking forward to that I'm so looking forward to that. She was explaining how the time difference, you know, is going to be a little complicated mm-hmm. with Zoom. But I'm looking forward to see what what's going to come out of it. It's really exciting.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: We we spoke on, um, Lauren, you as an artist, you know, and maybe not like artists, but we're both creators. I feel like everyone has a little creation. And then, you know, we also asked her um, that, artists make art for different reasons with a different purpose and reactions in mind for what a successful artwork would elicit and we just wanted to know like what what needs to happen in her art for her to feel satisfied with it what do you think for your art
1: um i guess specifically as, as like a queer creator creator of color um, I want my art to, to resonate with someone, not even like a lot of people, just with someone who has like a similar mm-hmm. experience, a similar, very specific experience for me as like a 2.5 generation, like half this, half that, you know, gender, whatever. Like I kind of just want one person to like feel seen by what I do. Yeah. And I think that like, I definitely identified with the way the laxist responded. And I was also like super happy reading it that she feels she feels satisfied with her work and and the magazine because it's reaching so many people and that people are like giving her feedback and stuff like that. I thought that was like very rewarding to hear as like another creator.
0: Yes, it's amazing when um, your art is impactful. Like I I can also really relate with her. What the kind of art that I mostly share with the world would be, um, I make videos um, I think music is very powerful and visuals. I, I like to make animation, so I'll make you, especially music without lyrics, so it's just instrumental where it really gets you the thing. Her, in her response, she said that she had been exposed to a lot of superficiality and things that she didn't like within the art community, which is another reason why she wanted to stay away from me, given why she was also felt comfortable with like outsider art, performance art, being more isolated and stuff because I could see the superficiality that art can have. And I'm glad that her art specifically says she feels rewarding. It's Her art is very rewarding for her. And that's amazing as an artist to hear because like you said, Lauren, you just need to reach that one person.
1: For sure, yeah. She had like that message of like, you know, being yourself is what's going to bring you self-happiness, right? Yes. Like, you can't pretend to be someone else. Like, you have yes. to be true to yourself, even if it might be, like, uncomfortable for other people.
0: She was so authentic. Yeah. She was so authentic, genuinely authentic, and her art is genuinely authentic, and I really feel like what you say and, like, what kind of person you are attracts what you need in life. So she is attract. She is also attracting the kind of artists that you know are also breaking boundaries, uh, doing awesome things.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see. We also talked to her about her multidisciplinary approach to art. She did talk about that on her magazine as well. Um, and we asked her about the way her unique point of view as an artist has impacted her life or her work in other fields as well. Um, And she had a really interesting, um, she said something really interesting. I'll just read the quote here. My visual artist life too has not impacted my motherhood because I'm still productive, even though I'm a mom, but I've also chosen not to be in a relationship with a man because I've learned, and this is gonna be a really hard thing for me to say, it's really difficult when you're a woman in society, when you're being pulled in so many different directions to perform all types of roles I think men are very distracting (laughs) I thought that I thought that was funny but like I also did think that you know it's true like if you uh, yeah you have a lot of like gender yeah yeah exactly um there's a lot of stuff that you're supposed to do as like a woman in the house that will definitely be interfering with you know if you want to have like a professional life or if you have a slightly different personal life than what society tells you you're supposed
0: to have. Yeah, and we're seeing a more during uh, the pandemic because we're all stuck at home. Mm-hmm. And we're all becoming very brutally aware of our um, home situations and norms, gender norms. It's very evident uh, mm-hmm. at, at some places. I'm not speaking on all homes.
1: Yeah, for sure,
0: yeah, for sure. I really liked how open she was with me at the interview. She was like really explaining to me how she thinks about, she doesn't need a boyfriend right now. She's satisfying her life. She's a great mother and amazing artist. She's running a, a magazine. She's doing all these things and she feels rewarded. She feels satisfied in life. I feel like she um, shared a lot of our views when she was asking about like how art impacted other areas of her life like she was also not only in her art was she breaking boundaries but she was also breaking boundaries in her personal life
1: and I think that speaks to like her authenticity of self yeah. and also authenticity of her art It's like super cool
0: she's really living to her authentic self
1: um let's see we kind of jumped into some more work related questions after that um we were talking about how being um, a curator with bad reputation and how it compared to other projects she's worked on. And I think that we can kind of connect that to um, one, an earlier response that she gave about um, running the magazine and being a choreographer, stuff like that. And I thought it was really interesting. She talked about the interaction of like an audience with dancers and the audience with her like exhibit that she's putting on and the way that she kind of has to design a choreography of the way people are going to be mm-hmm. walking through the space or looking at the space. I thought that was like extremely interesting and also like surprised me. I didn't I didn't realize like the way that all of her different experiences making art are gonna be playing off each other like that.
0: Yeah, she's really well-rounded with her art. I didn't know with her choreography that her choreography would play with the other sorts of art she would do, and then did you see the um, animated walkthrough she has of Bad Reputation?
1: Yeah, I did. Uh, I went through and I looked at all the plaques, so interesting, yeah. Um,
0: It's so cool how it was animated and this fits perfectly for um, pandemic art because it was supposed to be, I, I believe, um correct me if i'm wrong please if i was supposed to, it was supposed to be an in-person mm-hmm. exhibition and once the pandemic you know um and shelter where I went in she had someone record the space and had it an animated where you can walk through it from the comfort of your own home and i feel like mm-hmm. that Definitely. is so cool to do it for other museums and everything and I would pay the fee, obviously, and I would love to walk through the Louvre. Right,
1: yeah. I think that also makes art really accessible to everyone. It
0: really Because, like,
1: even when we're not in a pandemic, there's still people who are, like, high risk with autoimmune disorders and stuff like that who, like, don't really want to be in a super crowded space like the Louvre. Or, like, people um, using mobility aids that maybe, like, older architecture is not accessible to them because no one was, like, let's build a wheelchair ramp in, like, 1800s. So, yeah, like, totally. I think that it's a really good way to make art accessible to everyone and not just the person who's able to walk around for eight hours. Like, yeah.
0: That's so true, Lauren. I, I feel like what she did for Unafraid and just linking it there and have, like, I feel like other people will follow suit. For
1: sure. I hopefully in the South Florida speed, especially because, I- yeah.
0: I don't know if you've, if you've ever seen that before, but that was the first time I've ever seen, I, I had ever walked through an art exhibit and see everything in person, including the descriptions from the comfort of my home.
1: Yeah, for sure. It wasn't something that like we were really looking at, you know, before we were all stuck at home. Yeah. And I definitely- I didn't know Yeah, how it was
0: something that was necessary.
1: Yeah, for sure. I definitely, I had, I was just reading like an old article about, um, you know, Vizcaya, the, um, the garden and the, it's like a the palatial Italian inspired architectural home in, in like Miami and how like inaccessible it is to like people with wheelchairs and stuff like that. And I was just reading about that. And like I, the connection there is that of like making art accessible and making like previously like very, places that were very hostile to design, make it more more open. Like, I really hope that's something that, you know, people consider in the future when they're designing spaces or redesigning spaces.
0: Definitely, definitely. I completely agree with you. Another question we asked her was about the poetry that's published in Unafraid. You and I can agree Beautiful and obviously really personal, everything she had to say and everything that was posted in there. And we were asking her, like, what her inspiration process was like.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I know we had another group member who was, like, interested in her process. So we definitely wanted to, like, get into that. And, like, I thought, like, her answer was very much just, like, you know, you get the inspiration from your life and your experiences.
0: Yeah. I loved how she was reflecting on uh, her childhood and her poetry is... A clear sign of expression from her experiences. The one that uh, we talked about earlier, the glass door. I'm going to read a little Mm -hmm. snippet. This is the life lying frozen behind a glass door. Flowers wrapped around my head. Baby's breath dangling from my eyes, nose, and mouth. Like tender spiders making their way to heaven. This is the life blooming petals tell stories of life so precious, uninterrupted by famines caused by war or the guns that shoot through the sky and I lay here protected behind the glass door. This poem is beautiful and I really like this beginning part because you can agree Lauren that when you, you're you not I mean you can be protected unless it's a bulletproof glass but if you're behind the glass door it also shattered very quickly. So oh, yeah. you're really protected. You see the what I took it as a you see the danger you you you're aware of everything that's happening and you feel so vaguely protected by a glass door you have the sense of protection you you feel protected in a way what's Mm -hmm. the saying don't throw us don't throw stones in a glass house
1: yeah like that (laughs) because it's not really something that can truly protect you from everything i think like that especially like when you hear that it was like inspired by like her childhood experience of like looking out the glass at like people on the street, the feeling like the disconnect Mm -hmm. from the self and like the world, the other, Mm -hmm. Um, and feeling like that glass between you is what keeps you apart, but then also not even having the feeling of safety that the glass is going to keep everything from you which i think does kind of speak to like the experience of like childhood and vulnerability
0: in a way we're always protecting our inner child and our inner child will always be the one who um isn't in in control of like our fear response
1: i think like the the imagery about um a flower being guarded it definitely like connected in my mind to like uh, the ideas of Purity and like what a woman is supposed to be. stuff.
0: I feel so precious a flower with roots naked in a glass coffin
1: Yeah, that part really that part really spoke to me. See finally we asked her for our last question um, Why is creating art during the pandemic important both for creators and the general public and I kind of wanted to with this last question of our interview and also the podcast episode um talk about like why why art is important to us specifically Paula and Lauren and also um what it was for Galaxis um so for me um both creating and you know appreciating art during the pandemic um I definitely at the beginning I thought okay I'm for sure I'm gonna get really good at my watercolors I'm gonna make something amazing but it's like You kind of have to stop and think about how we're like in an unprecedented post-apocalyptic like nightmare and that maybe you shouldn't have to feel pressured to create if it's going to like harm yourself.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with you because I feel like as a creator right now, especially in this day and age, you're forced to create things like all the time. You're always supposed to have new things when like back in the day, like... Great artists used to take years to finish a painting and now um, We're expected or like I'm expected to paint something new every two days.
1: Yeah under like The pressures of capitalism we feel like we really need to be like creating a commodity I think now during like uh, the global pandemic that art definitely should be an expression of like what you're feeling right now like you need to to get out get it out um and kind of you know whatever you feel pain, fear, you know get it out show people that like you know what you're feeling right now is okay and like I think that is that's definitely a reason why art right now is very important.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah I feel like especially um art is an outlet for a lot of us and it's really important right now to use this even if it's not um What we'd expect to be like good or just like putting things down and just expressing ourselves is really important right now. And we should validate ourselves that we're not making huge progress because this is also a very unprecedented time and we're all just trying to make it. What me and Lauren have agreed on is art is a great way to express yourself and to connect with others especially during a during a pandemic right now we could share our art online and like you said Lauren we just gotta reach one person and I think we're doing a great job Lauren.
1: <laughs> I think you're doing a good job too Paula. Um, <laughs> what Bilaxis was talking about she said um, we need to keep things going and I definitely agree that like you do need to especially in a, in a time where like Literally, the passage of time feels warped because of the way our routines have been disrupted. We do need to like just keep uh-huh. keep going, keep it keep marching on, you know. Um, and Velasquez uh-huh. also talked about uh, the political statements that art can make and how like we need that right now. Every one thing affects the other, and we need to yeah, we need to like be making important statements about that we need to be talking and create a discussion about that and i think that definitely if you're an artist that using your art is like the way to do it right um,
0: yeah it's a, it's a great way to express like your beliefs and your passions and like what you care about i feel like art not only is like it's very relatable but it's also very personal mm-hmm. yeah and you're never gonna know like what someone else can relate to until you put it out there
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's a great tool for, you know, like organizing and outreach.
0: I liked what uh, Balaxis had to say when we asked her um, about creating art during the pandemic. I know how she was explaining that she was always um, very fortunate to have uh, commissioned um, pieces. And right now, during the pandemic, it's kind of um, unprecedented. Balaxis was saying that she was always lucky in getting commissioned pieces. Right now, her focus was on trying to create something new because I thought it was important for her. So I will rephrase it here that she was a giver. She is a giver. And art is her giving to her community, especially with all the public piece pieces she's made. And right now, during a pandemic, it's, I can imagine it can be very hard.
1: So. Yeah, Balaxis was talking about you know uh, being being commissioned before and and how she uh, made money off of her art pieces before and now during the pandemic, obviously it's the that kind of source of income is going to slow down, and I think that's like a struggle that a lot of creators deal with, like wanting to to like be a giver, as she said, yeah. like wanting to give to her community, but also like feeling the need guilty for, like, needing money to money.
0: put it. yeah, Yeah. I mean, you have to take care of yourself you know, for livelihood. I guess the problem right now would be to, like, how to monetize for art. Because not only is art about sharing, but as a career, you know, you also, as we all do, we need to make a living.
1: I think also, like, the continued devaluation of art and like the arts has made it hard for people to like realize that artists like art is a job and that you should be paid for your labor and yeah some people are expecting that art is going to be put out there for free and it's like yes we are giving something meaningful to the community but i would also like to not starve while doing that like there has to be a sort of
0: balance between like like surviving like like
1: surviving the post-capitalist hellscape that we're in and also like making something meaningful and and beautiful.
0: She pointed out that I think that we've come to a point in our history, if we look back a hundred years ago, in 1918, we had another pandemic, it was horrible. People didn't want to wear masks either, and thousands of people died. And so now it's like a hundred years later and we're facing the same point in space, but now pivoting towards a newer direction because now we have technology and technology is going to help us connect With each other and even time travel in ways that are going to allow us to get creative. And I think that was important to point out because we really are pivoting because unlike before 100 years ago, we have technology on our side, this time. Yeah. Yeah, that can
1: definitely help fight the the isolation, you know, help us come together and to survive. Yeah, for sure. I think to close out this section, the last, the last basically recorded quote that I have from the transcript here that the Laksa said to, I quote, and so it's a great moment. It's dark, it's scary, but it's also a really great moment in history. And I think that that resonated with me. Like, we we can do something great even when we're scared, even when things feel like they're going for the worst. We can, we can overcome and we can make something beautiful.
0: Yeah, I really agree with you. Um... We're all doing the best we can. And we got art and we got technology to talk to each other and we can share our art. And hopefully we'll get to see Blacks' secret project soon. You know what time it is, my fellow creators. I want to thank Velaxis and my co-host Lauren and audio engineer Sophia for joining today. This concludes the Exploring Our Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Our Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and please join us soon. And remember to stay curious.